Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Estée Lalonde Show. I'm your host, Estée Lalonde, and today we're chatting to Zoe Sugg. Just before Christmas, I got a chance to catch up with Zoe, and for those of you who don't know, Zoe Sugg has been one of the most popular content creators online for the past 12 years. We talk about her relationship with creating content and the pressure that surrounds it. We also delved a little bit deeper into the business side of things, because believe it or not, this job is more than just taking selfies. Hi, Zoe. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. I was just um, saying that you looked so pretty and put together on this beautiful Monday. I mean, I've made the effort especially for you. I love it. (laughs) I should really try getting dressed more. To be honest, I have had more days where I have not bothered in the slightest this year than days where I actually have made the effort. But I feel like that probably is the same for most people. (laughs) Do you feel like it makes a big difference when you do get dressed and do your hair and the whole thing? Sometimes. I feel like when it comes to writing, I'm much more motivated and I get more done when I don't spend time like getting ready and I just like stay in like my cozies and I'm like curled up in bed. But if I've got like meetings and I'm like speaking to lots of different people, I do feel like when I make a little bit of effort, whether that's just brushing my hair or putting a bit of concealer on or putting like a nice jumper on. Yeah. Because we all know most of the time from the waist down (laughs) on a Zoom, you don't really need to be wearing like (laughs) anything that smart. But yeah, generally, I don't know. Yeah, I I feel you. Although I did have some red lipstick on on the weekend and I thought, this is good. I should do this more often. And then Monday morning, I was like, no, not showering. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So for today's podcast, I have to say, I've been hemming and hawing about what we should talk about, and I've actually purposely not thought of any questions to ask you because I feel like you've probably done so many interviews and whatever else, and it's the same old questions. Am I? Yeah, generally. Yeah. I've answered quite a few (laughs) in my time. (laughs) Exactly. And... I just didn't want this to be that. So I thought we would just start off with a general little vibe check. Love that. (laughs) Love that. So what what is going on in Zoe's brain these days? I know you must be really busy with the launch of your new book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've just launched Magpie Society, which was really exciting. Something that I worked on with Amy Um, for years, actually. We've been like sorting it out and like planning and it was something we both really wanted to do it was just kind of about finding the right time and then 2020 Mm -hmm. (laughs) seemed like the right time (laughs) um and that's been a really good distraction actually um because you can still write a book in lockdown uh even though obviously as co-authors we were relying quite a lot on us being together and writing together and kind of bouncing ideas off one another. So once that was sort of taken away from us and we were relying on a lot of WhatsApp voice notes Mm -hmm. and FaceTimes, um, but we were still able to get it done and it was quite nice having something to focus on um, through the start of lockdown. Um, But yeah, into a a nice little second lockdown at the end of the year. (laughs) I don't know, how are you coping? Well... I mean, I would like to say I'm doing all right, but I think the past couple of weeks have proved to me that I'm actually not 
totally okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is anyone at this point? You know, and that's just it. It's like, I don't even really know what normal feels like. I said to someone the other day that I don't even remember what life was really like before. No, even something as small as if we're driving down the street and you see two friends meeting on the street and they go in for a hug. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) They're they're like touching each other. I'm like that, even that is so bizarre to see. And also you're like, should they be doing that? Probably not. Um, But yeah, the smallest things that were so normal before are now totally not normal. And I do wonder like, what will human interaction be? Or like, physical touch will that just slowly disappear I don't know yeah I mean to be fair to myself I feel like I've never been particularly good at human interaction like I'm (laughs) very weird and socially like stressed at all times and I know that you have that same sort of thing going on Mm -hmm. I guess neither of us have a particularly normal kind of life and anyone in this career doesn't really have a normal life but I feel like the lockdown thing has actually made me realize how abnormal this job really is Mm, yeah I know what you mean like there were so many times where I would like do a like a podcast like this or I would be answering questions and a lot even through a lot of the projects I've done this year where it's come with like press stuff a lot of the topics has been like surrounded by and how are you finding lockdown and it was weird for me to to kind of go back and be like well my job and what I do hasn't actually really changed that much because a lot of what we do is just us on our own at home kind of sat behind a laptop um so in that sense I guess we're so lucky that in terms of like our day-to-day work life apart from not going into the office, which I was doing previously, apart from that, it's all been fairly kind of what I was already doing. Yeah. Um, Apart from having to like create new routines and stuff, which I thought I would really struggle with, but I actually quite liked finding a new normal and making a new routine for myself. I didn't realize how much of a creature of habit I was until I was doing that. That is an excellent point and I feel the same and I know talking to like my friends and my mom for instance she was like I don't know how you do this I eat all day long I can't get out of my pajamas I'm working from bed I'm this and I'm that and I one of the thoughts that I had was why am I not finding this harder oh yes because I've been doing this for so long and yeah that finding those new habits it kind of inspired me to switch things up a little Mm. bit yeah. Which made me nervous. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm a creature of habit too. Because we all just get so set in our ways and we know what works for us, I guess. Yeah, so true. I actually found it harder when the restrictions were lifted. And yeah. it was like, you can do this, but you can't do that. And you can do that, but only with this many people. And you can sort of do this, but in this way and not like this. I was yeah. then like, I'm finding this so much harder because I almost want to find my old routine again but that's not there either yeah exactly and the other thing that was really weird in the beginning of lockdown when I think we were all like globally struggling so much our jobs were still there and we kind of had to be there and like not entertain but like come up with content and do all this stuff when like I don't know about you but I was struggling personally and I was like well I guess I'm gonna make banana bread again (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah there was kind of like a pressure to give people I guess a lot of people would say the content we create is escapism for them you know it's like a place to go to feel positive to feel inspired to feel something that necessarily is an escape from their real lives. Um, I know I see a lot of content I consume as that as well. And I think I felt that pressure of, okay, the world around us feels so wild right now. And people want a sense of escapism, a sense of normality, somewhere that they can go where they feel comfortable and they know the content they're getting. And I was so aware that I didn't want to change that or do less of that because I I knew there would be people relying on that for them to feel better about the situation um but I definitely made sure I was also giving myself like breaks every now and then 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I was getting a lot of that too, of like, I'm, I can't, I can't wait for your content. I'm really relying on this. This is helping me so much, but obviously, you know, that's an added pressure to a content creator. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to create content because my audience is relying on me. So exactly. You do kind of have to take breaks, but it also, I think something I've been thinking about a lot is creating content gives me a sense of purpose in a weird way. Like if I could stop tomorrow and trust me, sometimes I really think about it. <laughs> me too over the last 12 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I think I don't actually want to. And even if I was doing a bunch of other stuff, I think there would still be something in me that would want to share. Do you feel the same? Definitely. In fact, this time last year when I started Blogmas, and you'll understand the pressure of this because you do the October one, right? Yeah. Or you have done before, where it's like a lot of content in like a in a stint. So like Vlogmas for me is like that one thing that most people January first are like, are you doing Vlogmas? And it's just all year it builds and builds and builds, and I'm like the pressure of doing it and also just having people enjoy it that last year when I went to start it on December 1st I just couldn't and I got so overwhelmed and consumed my mental health just plummeted and I was like I can't film vlogmas and and I'm letting everyone down and I've never not done this I've done vlogmas since 2013 and then the next and I thought no I'm not filming today like I'm just gonna give myself December 1st we'll just make it a write-off and I'll start tomorrow and I mentioned then about how um, sometimes when I feel that my mental health's not great, vlogging actually pulls me out of it. Like it gives me a purpose and it gives me a distraction. It gives me something to do. And I enjoy it so much that it's like, I know I really want to do it and I know I'll feel better for doing it. And it's about finding that balance of, okay, I'm going to give myself today because today would not be a good vlog. But tomorrow I'm, I'm going to force myself and I'm going to get up and I'm going to pick up my camera and I'm just going to see what I film, see how the day takes me, see what I get up to. And nine times out of 10, it just brings me into such a better mood because you feel like, like you said, it's like that purpose, like, you know, other people will enjoy it and you feel good for that. And I think that's probably why both of us enjoy doing this and have done it for so long. Yes, but don't you think that the whole reason the pressure is there is because you feel like you have to, and yes, you enjoy it, but the whole reason you're stressed is because you have to do it, but you don't have to do it, but you want <laughs> yeah. to do it. So It's a vicious circle. It is. Yeah, it's, it is hard. And also, I put a lot of the pressure on myself as well as feeling like there's external pressure. Um, and I think last year again I was like look my mental health's not the best so I'm gonna just try at vlogmas and I'm gonna see how many days I can do and the minute I said that it was like this massive pressure was just released and I was like okay I feel good I feel good about that um and this year obviously it's gonna be so different um I'm not gonna be able to do half the things that I was able to go out and do in vlogmas last year so again I'm just gonna you know See what, see what happens. Yeah. Go with and the flow. I feel much better that way. <laughs> go with the flow. I love going with the flow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the point about pressure and putting pressure on yourself, I'm actually realizing, I'm realizing a lot of things in lockdown alone all the time, that um, <laughs> the pressure I put on myself is a lot to do with this job, you know? And a lot of my friends who are normal, if you want to use that word, they don't have this job. Um, they're really surprised at how hard I can be on myself and where my standards are. Do you feel like you have very high standards for yourself? Are you very hard on yourself more than the average person, would you say? I think so. And I do wonder if it's because so much of what we create and so much content we do is so centered around us and our lives and what we're working on. And it's like, it's essentially like staring at yourself in the mirror for a really long time 12 years and, for you <laughs> yeah staring at myself in the mirror for 12 years and listening to my own voice and judging um, your own thoughts and waiting yeah. knowing what the audience might say about that and also like you know thinking ahead of what they might say to that 100 percent. and yeah it is it is definitely something i struggle with 
Um, but especially with, when it comes to things like comparison, and I certainly felt this through lockdown because when there was like that rush of like all the content creators going, don't worry, I'm here, I'm creating content. You know, I was like person 560 that baked a banana bread and put it on online. And I, it was very like, do I have a place here? Like, do people want to watch me over this person? Like, is this original enough? I've been here 12 years. Am I just a bit dusty? Do I need to go and like park myself on a shelf somewhere? Um, I'm constantly thinking things like that and having to be like, okay, no, stop it. Um, but yeah, I think your inner, your inner voice when you work at something like this. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. is quite hard to ignore yes the inner voice mm. oh yes i know mine very very well i have multiple sometimes I think. Oh, yeah i know they hang out in there and they talk to each other it's very confusing at times is it like the devil and the angel <laughs> i think so it's like you don't need to be doing that yes you do you know whatever else um, oh yeah but i've been thinking a lot about you know, how this whole thing really began. And you were doing it before I was by a few years. And I feel like I've been doing it for a long time too. Yeah. Um, are you surprised at how much our lives have changed? Yes. Think about it, Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you start? 2010. Does that make sense? Yeah. I can't remember, but it's been almost 10 years. I started in 2008 on a blog and that yeah. was just like, that was just the way, wasn't it? It was like, oh, I'll test the water here and then gradually move on to see if video blogging is for me. There were definitely people blogging, but it wasn't like, it, it just, it wasn't a thing that we all thought this will become a career or this will be a job at some point or this is definitely going to turn into something bigger it was kind of like an online diary it was just somewhere that you could make friends build communities talk about connect. things you loved yeah connect with people and um I basically just used it as like my little escape talked about you know lush new in lush products and little um boot sale finds and then in 2009, I think I uploaded a video, um, like a vlog style video. And even then it was still just like, oh, this is a bit of fun. Like I'll just upload these as and when, if people really want to see them. And there was quite a few people doing it back then. Like who were some of the first people you watched? A lot of people that I can't quite remember their names, but I will say you were always one of the most popular by far from the beginning. Did That's you watch Lollipop 26? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like X Sparkage. I yeah. remember her. All um, those people. Exactly. Yeah. And they were all very makeup heavy. I remember it was all quite like beauty focused. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the occasional like meme and viral video. Uh, but even back then, when, even when my video started gaining more views in like 2012, I want to say. So I was uploading for a good while where the views were still like slowly building. But it was only really in 2012 where I was like, okay, this, 
I could quit my job at New Look. Like <laughs> this could be, this could be a thing. I, think I had this the same could go book, somewhere. But it was Topshop. But yeah, oh, I mean, amazing. I, I know. I remember those moments and talking to other bloggers and being like, have you, do you, are you making money from this? Like, are you yeah. going to stay at your job? And yeah, we were all very, um, dependent on each other for opinions and advice at that time. Do you, do you feel that way too? Definitely. I feel like Twitter was like one massive WhatsApp group chat. Yes. I used to love it. I used to love it. I know. <laughs> it was so, I, don't, I actually don't even use Twitter anymore. Yeah. It's um, a scary place. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was like community building and, you know, it was all the very, that very first moment where brands were like, oh, bloggers, like, this is cool. And like collaborating and working with bloggers and doing events and stuff. Like it was just, I don't know, it was just so new for everybody. It and was that's what so, was quite exciting. It was so exciting. That's what I was just going to say. Like it was, I was alive, you know, yeah. and everybody was alive. And I don't even really feel like any of us were like, let's see if we can get famous on YouTube or anything. It was more just like, let's keep doing this. Yeah. And also because I don't know about you, but there was no one I was watching that had reached a level of like being well-known. There was no, no. one that was like taking pictures with people in the streets and there was no. nobody that was like gaining millions and millions of views. It was all still so new and everyone was kind of doing it together and being like, well, let's see what this is going to be. Um, which I just love. I just, it was so cool. Yeah, it, it really felt like we were all part of that same thing. I kind of came up around the same time you did, like we were all doing it together. And I was obviously in a relationship at the time, a very long relationship, and we went through it together. And he was kind of the person that was there day to day seeing how much went into that. And not only how much work and effort and everything else, but how much personal growth we all went through. Um, you know, I think my experience now of, of dating a normie, as I call them. <laughs> a normie. I love that. You know, it's, you cannot explain to someone really the ins and outs of this job. So I was thinking before I uh, called you today was, it must be so nice that you have Alfie who really gets what you're doing. Yeah. I, I love it. And we both have our own strengths in our own kind of businesses. And we, we don't do, we actually don't do a lot of things like Zoe and Alfie. Here we are together doing this thing. Like we've never been one of those that wanted to do a joint channel or, and that was always a very conscious decision because we both met through this. He had his thing. I had my thing. And we were like, let's keep it that way because it worked when we met. Um, and he's, you know, he's been able to help me. He's far more business minded than me. So like, don't sell yourself short, Zoe. I know. Well, you know, he has some great business advice. <laughs> um, and I would say that I'm probably slightly more creative than him. So we definitely help each other out and it works so well, but we mm -hmm. also know when to like switch off work and like personal time. It's taken years to get it right. <laughs> we have certainly had our moments where we've just been so like, consumed in this and you know how intense it could be at times um but you know we've come out the other side which i just think is a miracle to be honest <laughs> it is it not so much anymore but it was a vortex yeah and i would use that word it's a bit like a tunnel and you know there's a real world going on around you but your world is on the internet yeah and, you know, my mom used to say when I would go home at Christmas, get off your phone, get off. And I was like, why? You know, like, this is where my life is, you know, so now I, it's a lot, a lot different. And I'm definitely seeing um, the value in existing on this planet outside. Yeah. Um, but I still obviously see the value in the internet life too. But yes, it's, um, it can definitely be one of those careers where you can't really look up from your desk in a way. A hundred percent. Um, we did something called digital detox day recently where we tried to encourage people to take a day away from their phones because as well as there being, you know, a massive, lovely long list of positives in social media and being on the internet a lot, there's especially more recently and in more recent years as more and more platforms are coming up there's a lot of negatives as well and it, it is 
also just down to the fact that social media is still fairly new in the world and people more and more people are using it it's kind of like its own playground at the moment with not that many rules um, and we were encouraging people to take 24 hours away from their phone and or not even their phone just social media and so many people found it so hard and it was so eye-opening because I think we've experienced life without social media I grew up not I mean Bebo, MySpace, things like that. But you were never, it was, it was not accessible like it is for people now. And so we know a world without it. We know a world with it. And we're very in, in that world. And I explained it to Alfie that in a way that's, um, I feel like when I started my blog and I started on YouTube in 2008 to 2012, the blog and the internet and social media was my escape from the real world. And now as I've been on it for so many years, I feel like more and more people are coming into the real world to escape social media. Yeah, Like it can just feel so flipped. consuming. Yeah. It's completely flipped. And now I'm like, no, I'm not going to open my phone. I'm going to do a puzzle. But 2008 Zoe was like, fuck that puzzle I'm going on I'm going on Twitter like it's just done a complete 180. I feel exactly the same it's it's really weird has your audience because when we first started I feel like you had a young audience has your audience grown up with you and are they feeling the same thing like do you find that they're looking for escapes from the internet or are are they very much still like not getting away from their phones because you said it was a lot it was hard for them I feel like, so a lot of my audience, I think it's something like 80% of my audience is between 18 and 32 or something. Yeah. So they've definitely grown up with me. And I think for the people that have been using social media in the same timeframe that I have feel quite similar. I think anyone that has been in it for so long can be like, oh, okay, wow, this has kind of changed. I think I talked about this in a vlog recently where someone said, do you still think YouTube is the same as it was before and I said no I think it's quite different now there are so many more users there are people that can start it knowing what could happen and knowing that there could be an end goal knowing they can earn money like it's just it's a very different setup now and there's so much content that you can consume but also I don't always necessarily think that sense of community that was there right in the beginning although it can certainly still be found it doesn't feel like it's as cozy that was the only word I could think to use oh I've gone on a right tangent I forgot what I was saying before (laughs) no you were saying exactly that yes so now they've grown up with you and and they're also feeling that yeah um And I think anyone who's still fairly young and is like coming onto social media and using social media in that capacity for the first time, I don't know, 12, 13 year olds, they probably don't feel like that because they've now got like smartphones and they can be like instantly connected to their friends and it's all quite new. So I think, I think the younger generation are really into social media. And I think anyone like our age who's been there, done that, you know, had the accounts for years and years can probably feel that like, okay, I'm going to put my phone down and I'm going to like spend some time outside. So do you, you know, work all day and do your thing and at the end of the day think, oh, I'm going to relax and watch somebody's YouTube video right now? Um, sometimes, but it is very rare because it kind of feels like worky. Yeah. It depends what it is. Um, so I got really into Animal Crossing in the first lockdown and I got really into watching uh, people's island tours <laughs> on YouTube and that didn't feel like work to me because that was so disconnected from anything else I did that I would go on and I would watch these island tours and I would feel like oh, this is this to me feels like how I used to use YouTube. Yeah. Um, what about you? Not really. And I feel really bad about it because I have no idea what's going on in any blogger's life because (laughs) I can't, I'm not watching it because when I finish work, I'm like, I want to read a book. I want to walk my dog. I want to this, I want to that. And in my work day, I don't have time to watch people's YouTube videos, but I love Instagram stories and stuff, but it's, it's just very hard to stay connected. Whereas in the beginning we were 
wanting to stay connected in that way. Whereas now I feel like we all kind of have our own group of friends and we just literally communicate the way friends do. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone's lives are more established. Yeah. And when I was in my early twenties and I was like, Oh, I'm making friends. And I'm like, you know, communicating with all these people and we're all meeting up at all the events and stuff. Like we had time to do that. And you know, it was a hobby and it was something really fun for everyone. And I think, I mean, as you naturally, as you grow older, you just have more responsibilities and you do diff things differently and you just think, no, nah, I'm not going to sit and watch YouTube. I'm going to go for brunch with my friends. And like, I think your priorities change and your responsibilities change and you become an adult and you just have less time. Yeah. And I do think I, pr I prioritize like when I'm getting ready in the morning, I'll either put um, like stories on or I'll go through people's IGTVs yeah put something on um, or just ne good old Netflix, good old Netflix. <laughs> but I, I will say if I didn't make videos I think I would watch them I think Same. I you know I think I would still really be into that but do you even consider yourself a content creator anymore obviously that's a part of your job but and whenever people no. say, what do you do? I'm not like, I'm a blogger, but I also don't know what to say. I sort of, I've sort of got my finger in a lot of pies. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people still just say I'm a YouTuber, which I think for a couple of years I've been like, I don't feel like that's really my main thing anymore. I still love it. I still enjoy doing it. I actually don't do my main channel anymore. I just do my vlogging channel. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like my main thing. Yeah, I, I know. And it's kind of hard maybe sometimes for the audience to get that because they don't see maybe all this other stuff. But what stuff are you working on? To be fair, it's quite nice because a lot of the things that we're working on are kind of done for the year. Um, but a lot, uh, quite a lot of last year was um, working on, I did a collaboration with Etsy, which was really fun books so I've got my second one to start writing in January um the digital detox day was a really huge campaign that we spent a lot of time on um I don't know I really I love kind of slightly bigger creative projects um something that you can kind of put your creativity into um film a bit of behind the scenes things that take maybe a little longer um but then I do still enjoy you know blogging and throwing up some good old classic memories <laughs> what's in my bag tag yeah. and that sort of thing God, i haven't done that in a really long time <laughs> well we don't have any bags we're not going anywhere what's in my bag <laughs> nothing there is no bag what's in my pockets what's in my pockets um so you mentioned before that you know alfie has all this great business advice and that sort of thing but i think that's something that i've become very interested in is the more entrepreneurial side of things and in my spare time i learn a lot about that sort of stuff um did you always have an interest in being a business person or is this just something that evolved? Because I didn't, I like, I was not into this at all. And now it's like, I love business. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely wasn't something. Although interestingly, I did do business studies at GCSE. So maybe I had foresighted it because I have no idea why I picked business studies as a GCSE. Um, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I don't even know what I got. I think I got a C or something. Um, no, definitely not. Like, I just feel like this evolved over time. And it's something that I sometimes, even now, sometimes I still struggle with because in my head, I'm like Zoe who gets her camera out and is like really creative and likes posting and making nice pictures and doing cool stuff. But then there's this whole other like, business side to things you know you need lawyers you have to understand contracts you need um uh finance people <laughs> accountants <laughs> I, I actually think we have the same accountant i think we do i think we do <laughs> um and thankfully he is so great at explaining things to me i will literally say to him please explain this to me as if you were telling like a 10 year old, a two year old, I say yeah. normally. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've just learned so much. Um, you know, I have staff, I have to manage them. I have to, um, we, I, we have an office, so all of this has to be taken care of. And there's so many different aspects to what I do now that I would never have predicted from like 
starting a blog in 2008. <laughs> Can we talk about the managing of employees? Because it is very difficult and it is very hard to delegate, not only in general, but when the brand is your face and your personality and everything falls back on you. Oh, a hundred percent. And I am such a perfectionist. I know. I that call myself a bitch, but I'm actually not. It's just, it's me. So please do it right. <laughs> yeah. And it's, for me, it's always like, I'm such a attention to detail person. So something could just be going so well. And one tiny little thing just isn't quite how I would have done it. And that's the thing I get really hung up on. Um, and it can be so, like, it, it's so hard. So I assume, I'm just assuming this because this is what I'm like. I approve every single thing down to every single detail, down to anything you can imagine. Yeah. I want to see exactly what it's going to look like. Yeah. Are you 100%. the same? And how the hell do you find the time? Um, so I feel like once we, once, so I had worked with one person for about, three or four years and then we were like we're never we can never go any more than what we're doing we're already trying to work on everything just the two of us we need to upscale so that's when we moved into an office and I decided to bite the bullet and hire more people it terrifies me to hire people because I just feel there's such like a such a responsibility you know you want to get it right you want to make sure you have the right person but also I'm so I'm so bad at being so unattached. So I just want everyone to just have the best time. And that's not necessarily the best in terms of business or being a boss. Um, and you want to make sure there's like the right level of friendly to the right level of, oh, you've not quite done that right. And I don't know how to tell you because we're actually quite chummy. <laughs> like it's navigating that is really, really hard. And even before I've hired someone, I worry about the prospect of having to fire someone. Oh my like, God, we are twins. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, like sleepless nights thinking if I hire people, what happens if something goes wrong? Like, what will I do? How will I fire someone? Like, this isn't anything I've ever learned how to do. Um, thankfully, I have an amazing team um, and I've made sure in areas where I do need a bit more help and I know when I need to like, nope, put your boss hat on. Okay, now you can put like your friendly hat on. Um, we, we've just managed everything so well. But yeah, I went through a period of moving into an office, growing the team, and then still trying to like hold on to every little thing I was doing. And it got to the point where I was getting so stressed and everyone else was like, right, we're having an intervention. Give us stuff to do and I was like I can't and they were like you're so bad at delegating and they're like you've just got to trust us we will get it wrong sometimes but we'll never learn unless you give it to us so over time I have got a lot better at um, delegating and not being so like highly strung on everything and just trusting the process and just trusting the team but it does take time you get to know each other they get to know you they get to know what you do and don't want. No one teaches you how to delegate and no one teaches you how to manage people. And exactly like, because our product, I guess you could say is mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Then you kind of need your staff to like you on a personal level. Oh yeah. <laughs> they like, need to the believe people in people in my team know more about me than probably Alfie. <laughs> Yeah. Like there's so much trust there because as you said, it is you it's, it's, and it's not just that it's everything you've done up to this point. It's everything you've built yourself from scratch for years. Um, and it's a really hard thing to just hand over to somebody and just trust that they're not going to drop it and break it. Yeah. And they could. And I think that's a good point is you have to realize that they can drop it and break it. And they, they might like last night when my assistant posted the same sponsored story six times because she messed up the hashtags a couple of times. <laughs> oh no! And I was like, please, brand don't see this. Please brand don't see this. 
<laughs> they were like, woo, extra, extra content. They were probably thinking, what the hell is going on over there? But, you know, she's still learning. And I'm not even mad, you know, I'm not mad. But it's also like, you know, then I had to sit her down this morning and say, what did we learn from that experience? You know, but yeah. it's, you don't, you have to let it go. And it's only one thing, but yeah, I, I feel the need to delegate. And I loved your point about, you know, realizing that you can never grow more than you're doing now if you mm -hmm. don't expand. So yeah. if you have a dream to expand, then you just have to somehow let it go. Yeah. And I think it did help for me. I decided that I really wanted to separate Zoella and Zoe the person because for so many years, it was kind of all in one big bundle. And it got to the point where um, people were just calling me Zoella and being like, oh, so your products are all you, right? And I'm like, well, I've got Zoella on there, but there's teams of people that make, you know, that make one product from a concept to a prototype to it being able to be bought. And it just seems so much bigger than, than just me in that aspect. And I was like, right, I'm going to separate out Zoe Sug the person and Zoella as the brand. That's like everything we're doing, all the collaborations, the website. Um, and that's where the team came in. And that definitely helped because for a long time, I kind of felt like, okay, are they helping me with my stuff? Are they helping with, you know, where can I get the help and where do I need the help the most? And that just worked so perfectly because... Zoella is also a place where people in the team's voices are a part of the content and I love that and I think a lot of people also really love that because it's not just me it's everything I love it's everything I've always discussed and talked about but we're able to talk about things that just Zoe would never write about but as a team and with all our different ideas and getting specialists in for one-off posts and making it a bit more of like a hub and a place where if it was the only thing I was doing, if I had just been blogging from 2008 to now, what would I want this to look like? And that is what I would want it to look like. Right. Um, so that's also been great because it's just made me feel so much clearer about things. I guess my question is, does your audience really understand the amount of people that it takes to create Zoella? I think it's something that people are slowly learning. I think for a lot of people it was quite obvious at the time and I think I talked about it in a video and like did like a little switch over so my account on Instagram became Zoe Sug and that was a chance for me to be like okay here's what I'm doing um there's definitely still sometimes people that will comment on the Zoella account and be like oh I love you Zoe can you follow me or something <laughs> but I'm like I think maybe they just haven't really read any of the content um <laughs> but yeah I don't know I guess it would take time it's one of those changes that for so long I was just Zoella for yeah. years that I feel like to make that separation is always going to take a bit of time but definitely and um Going back to kind of like the, what we were talking about before, did, did you ever think this was how it was going to end up? Now that you have seen it and you take yourself outside and you just look at it from above, are you proud of everything you've managed to achieve or has it not sunk in? I'm definitely proud because it's so, I don't know, it's, it still is quite new and I just feel like in years to come, like our kids and grandkids will, will be like, you guys were one of the first to ever do that. Like that was wild. And it's the same with you. Like you'll be able to sit there and be like, yeah, that was so cool. Um, and in that sense, I'm really proud. And I'm proud of the amount of things that I've been able to achieve out of something that was just not what I thought it would be, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but still, sometimes it doesn't feel real. Like sometimes I'm like, am I just, is this actually happening? Because the whole, a lot of the years where it was like wild and crazy, it just felt like it wasn't, like now, I feel like I've come out the other side of that and I can look back in and be like, whoa, like what was that about? That was a wild couple of years. That didn't feel real. Like it almost like, um, I don't know. 
like a wild bubble where you're just in it and you don't realize you're in it until you're out of it and you can look back and be like but that was that was crazy I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm calling it a vortex that's what I call it in my own (laughs) brain in my own head we were we were there we were doing the thing we were experiencing it but I felt like nothing was really sinking in because we were just going going doing it VidCon this this deal this event you know it was like we were just so energized through the entire process. And now you're right. We've come out the other side. We've gained so much knowledge and expertise. And people said to me, someone said to me the other day, you should do consulting. And I was like, I don't, I can't do consulting. What do I know? And then I kind of sat down and thought, oh shit, I actually know a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's like these moments are kind of happening in my life now. I'm 30. I'm 30 years old. I realized like the past 10 years have been a huge learning experience and you kind of see that for what it was and things just feel a lot different now um, in the best way. I'm so glad it's like this now because that was really exhausting and I'm tired and old now. (laughs) And also it was such a case of, we don't know how long this is going to last. Oh, every day we heard that. Yeah. And it was like, we're so lucky. How much longer is this going to last for? We need to say yes to this because this will never happen again. I don't know if this is the right path for me, but I'm going to try it out because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and we must say yes, 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 yes to everything because this is just wild. And who knows where this is going to go and who knows how long this is going to last. We have to take our chance. And it did just feel like one, almost like four years were just one big nonstop vortex. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. And- I think something else is when people say to me now, you know, if I was to start YouTube, how could I gain success in this, that, and the other thing? And I just say, I have no fucking idea because what we did was very different to what's happening now, I feel like, but I genuinely don't know. Yeah. I don't think there will ever be that combination of things that aligned when we started again. There will yeah. still be success, but it will be done so differently now. Like I, yeah. I have no idea what ingredients you would need right now in 2020, because that's just not, that's not how, yeah. how we did it. And I think it's amazing that all of us, I think what all of the OGs kind of had in common was we were so energetically connected to our audiences And we intuitively knew what would work and what wouldn't, even though it had never been done before. Yeah. And that building something out of nothing. And I mean, nothing. We had not people who started, we had no money. We saved up to buy a camera. Maybe we didn't know how to edit. Every little step was a building block. And that's why I think we're all so, you know, protective of what we've created because we did the work yeah it's so true it's so true at one point I didn't have a job I think this was like in between two jobs and my dad walked past and I was like probably on Twitter or blogging or something constantly head in my laptop like you say learning how to do this thinking what camera can I buy and he was like you need to get off your computer and find a job and I remember saying to him I just feel like this could turn into something I don't know what it is going to be, but I just feel like I have to do this. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad I carried on because had I found, I don't know, some job that I was really invested in and I thought this is, this could be my career path. And I had completely sacked off the blogging. Who knows? Well, you never would have sacked it off because we were magnetically obsessed with it. Very true. I would still be talking about what I bought from Lush (laughs) (laughs) on the weekend. But um, my mom said the same sort of stuff to me. Like she wasn't with me every day, but she used to get on the phone to me and say, Estee, do you not want to do something else just to make sure you got some money coming in? You know, you never know. And she's like, what the hell are you doing anyway? Do you really need an assistant? Can't you just work a little harder and get this done? And you know, (laughs) this went on for years. I swear, Zoe, it's only recently she's like, oh, oh, okay. It's like a lot of work and it's a lot of this and it's, you need this skill and that skill. And, you know, do your parents just think, wow, (laughs) because obviously your brother is very successful too. Yeah. So 
they're both like the most proud. Like I, I need to speak to them more about it. I might like interview them or ask them like what they really think because it would be so interesting to see what they thought then versus what they thought like four years ago versus what they think now. Um, and yeah, it is just, I don't know. Imagine, I, I always think this, like imagine being my mum and being like both my kids are doing the same thing yeah that just must be so cool it must be amazing but um anyway i think we should wrap it up here but before we leave i just want to say zoe on a personal note i have always really liked you <laughs> oh thank you ditto back, like even back in essie button days <laughs> essie button throwback to her which by the way people still call me that on email sometimes and i'm like hello Um, get with the times get with the times but genuinely Zoe you are probably the nicest one of any of us and I've always just respected how you have handled things so eloquently when I think sometimes maybe it could have been really hard because you do have a lot of eyeballs on you and you are the one that people look to when they think blogger they think Zoe you know yeah, and oh, I just think you. you've handled it so amazingly, and yeah, you're just so nice. Thank you. That's really lovely. I've definitely had my moments of not handling it offline. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, but online, you've you've been an absolute star, and it, in real life too. Like any event I've ever been to, I I think everybody has the same opinion of you, which is you give people the time of day, you respect everybody, you, you're just awesome. I just have to say it on a personal level. Thank you. That's so nice. So where can people check out your stuff if they want to learn more about you? Um, Zoe Sug on Instagram or zoella.co.uk. Perfect. And your new book? Yeah. The Magpie Society. Check it out. Thank you so much, Zoe. Thank you. So nice to speak to you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Estee Lalonde Show. If you'd like to keep up to date with all of our new episodes, make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Estee Lalonde Show. If you want to be extra nice and support the show, then you can leave us a rating as well. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.